Hello, everybody. Welcome to the August 31st edition of I Don't Know About That, the B&L Pipe Co. podcast about the latest market conditions. My name is J.P. Brown. I am the manager of business analytics. I have been chomping at the bit to get here at the table, so I have five years worth of stuff to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so really, I wanted today to talk about kind of 2024 pricing predictions. Um, and I just got back from the 2023 SMU Steel Summit in Atlanta, Georgia, which is a huge steel conference. And so I learned a lot of stuff there. So I thought I would talk a lot about um, the stuff I learned and some opportunities and threats on the market. So um, currently right now, and I know we talked about this um, uh, last week with uh, Jesse and Tyler Barnes. But the overall kind of forecast for 2024 is relatively flat. And so um, as of right now, as of today, um, a lot of the folks are predicting the rig count for 2024 to somewhere hover between 650 and 750 rigs. So around the 700 mark is what people are hoping for and thinking it's going to be. Um, WTI is uh, people are predicting about $80 a barrel and natural gas at $3. And HRC is supposed to be, um, from what all the economists say, um, between $700 and $800 uh, a ton, so around the $750 mark, and scrap around $425 is what a lot of the economists and folks in the room were thinking um, last week. Um, so one thing I was going to talk about is um, you know, why we have a lot of people ask me um, in particular, why is the rig count dropping and why, why in 2024 did things go or 2023 did things go down compared to last year? And in 2022, um, the average WTI price was $95 a barrel, and this year it is averaging $75 a barrel. So it's been fairly um, not stable, and the market's been up and down. And so, what that has done is that has caused um, the oil companies to not really see uh, a stable market. And then the, the biggest thing is for why the oil prices have been down is um, really two major things, um, the USA and China. So here in the USA, it's a, just a total supply demand thing. Um, in the USA, we've obviously had a, a rough economy this year, bank failures, there's been some monetary tightening. And in China, um, kind of the, the same thing. They have very poor economic conditions. That's really been in the news lately. If you guys have um, uh, been reading that lately about their population issues. And um, there's been a, a huge decrease in uh, their growth and demand. And so that also has a lot to do with deglobalization. So I'm going to talk more a little bit about that here in a little bit. Um, and also oversupply of oil. So Russia, Venezuela, Iran, all these countries that were supposed to have... Um, uh, that we had sanctions on to to limit the amount of oil they were producing, they're still pumping out the oil. So um, there, uh, some estimates say that those countries are still pumping out 800,000 barrels extra oil a day, and uh, they are selling it uh, not at their sanctioned price that they're supposed to be. So that is another um, major issue. And as they talked about last week, um, and natural gas prices have been down mainly due to the unseasonably warm weather we've had. But some people have been asking, well, okay, so oil's down, but why is it going up recently? And the main reason for that is basically Saudi Arabia and Russia have cut their production. So um, back in June, oil prices went down to $67 a barrel. And so in Saudi Arabia, they really need for their 
Um, they have a, a 2030 plan, and so they really need for their budget for oil to be up. So um, basically, Saudi Arabia just turned off the spigot. So it's almost a, I don't want to say a, a fake rise, but it's not a natural rise due to the market. It, it's it's, 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 it's uh, artificially inflated because the, the oil's been uh, cut down to... Um, they, I think it's a, a million dollar, uh, I mean, a million barrel a day cut of oil from Saudi Arabia. And Russia has also cut their oil production because, of course, they need gas prices um, and oil prices to be up. Um, so as they um, continue their attack on Ukraine. Um, so um, due to the global demand for oil um, dropping, that has caused the oil price to drop, which has caused a decrease in the rigs. Um, so, again, a lot of the folks are predicting um, it to be relatively flat. Hopefully getting back up to 700 um, rigs in 2024 is the, the outlook. Um, one thing I was going to talk about real too, quick, too, is um, the, the OCTG price. John Stewart talked about this a couple weeks ago. And um, so why has the, the OCTG price been dropping? And so... Um, really, you could see, they talked about this a couple weeks ago, but the rig count in the USA started to drop in November of 2022, and, but the imports were still coming in hot and heavy um, all the way through spring. And so um, that, the, the imports finally started to drop uh, early summer, and then so it just caused a, um, a really oversupply of, of goods here in the USA. So due to the oversupply, the price started to drop. And we should see that leveling out um, fairly soon. So I, I do believe that the bottom hopefully will hit in Q4 for sure. And it looks like that uh, hopefully the, the, the level of month supply will start to drop. Um, so again, I said I went to this conference and it was pretty interesting. They had all these economists and uh, other industry experts in the room. And uh, so I wanted to talk about like some threats and opportunities that they all saw that might help you guys with your business um, uh, and, and understand what's going on. So, um, so let's talk about threats first, because we'll end on a good note with uh, optimism. I'll try to be optim optimistic. Uh, I think everyone here votes. I am the company pessimist. Um, so, um, so I'll try to be optimistic as I can. So, um, so. The threats on the on the horizon for everybody is in the room was number one the economy with the possible recession hitting. Um, uh, there's rumors of COVID lockdowns, but hopefully that's not going to happen. There's geopolitical risks with China and Taiwan, labor issues, uh, transportation issues, and a, a huge one that a lot of the mills were talking about was this government oversight with carbon credits and a decarbonization. Um, uh, platform that is trying to be rolled out. And then the last thing that everyone was really concerned about was electricity and the grid. So um, let's talk about the economy first. So the economy for 2024 is not looking great. So um, all the factors, so bank prime loan rates up, um, the, the standard for credit card loans up, commercial and industrial loans up, bank, uh, uh, um, the, the, the amount of currency and circulation up. All of these things are signals that a, a recession could be coming. And the biggest factor that people are looking at is what they call the inverted yield curve. And so what the inverted yield curve is, is when interest rates on long-term bonds are lower than that of short-term bonds. And so this has happened 
Um, a few times in history when we have an inverted yield curve. It happened in 1979, 1989, 99, 2008, and then in 2020 due to COVID and now. So everyone, all of the signs... Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is almost every 10 years. And so it's kind of a cycle. And so um, this inverted yield curve is what all the economists are looking at, thinking that a recession is coming. So that is not great. So um, and they were all in agreement. So everyone was in agreement that a recession or either either it basically 2024 was going to be a down year. It was just a matter of how down is it going to be? Is it going to be just a bad year or is it going to be a really bad year? And so that's what everyone was talking about at the conference. Um, another thing they're all talking about is this uh, decarbonization and carbon credits. Um, so you can look, the European Union has implemented something called the Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism called CBAM. So for your homework assignment, everyone can go Google CBAM and uh, check out what the European Union is doing. But basically it is uh, a carbon tax for uh, industries and products that are carbon heavy. And so what this is, what they're trying to do, what the European Union wants, they want the USA to implement an exact replica of this CBAM um, policy. And so they were supposed to have an agreement by October the 1st. And so what that does is, um, so here in the USA, they haven't really come to an agreement because both left and right do not like this. So the left does not like this because there's a loophole that you can continue to pollute and be carbon heavy and just pay a, a fee, pay a tax. And so the left in America says, well, that's not really being green. You're just, you know, you can still do whatever you want to do and just pay your tax. The right in America doesn't like it, of course, because it's taxes and more stuff and more government oversight and all that. So there's been kind of a deadlock um, um, there where it's not really moving forward. And so if it doesn't move forward, then the Section 232 tariffs look like that could go back into effect. So that's just something to keep your eyes out on for. So a lot of the, the, the mills, especially those that import, um, are really looking at this to see how this would affect their business. Um, the other thing that they were talking about was electricity and the grid. So um, they were saying that within the next 20 years, the American electric generation will need to increase three times. So the electric demand here in Texas, of course, we've seen this. I don't know if you guys get blackouts or all this stuff every randomly, uh, like like uh, like we do sometimes. So our grid here in Texas has, has taken some uh, heat in the last uh, 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 last couple of years, and so. Um, the electric demand in the USA due to all sorts of stuff from tech data centers, Bitcoin miners, electric vehicles, all of this stuff is really draining the grid. And uh, uh, there was one CEO of a steel mill that said uh, he, he was an electric arc furnace mill. And he said that years ago, he would have been hands down the number one consumer of electricity in the state by a mile. And now he's not even in the top five. And so, um, so this electrical thing is a huge issue. Um, and so we're, and we're not really doing anything in the USA to fix it. So the only thing that could really fix our demand for power would be nuclear and hydrogen hubs, but we're not doing that either. So um, all this push to go electric, you know, all these, these things that say by 2030, it's going to be all electric this, or by 2050, we're going to do that. Um, that just cannot happen at the current rate if we're not doing anything to actually increase the electrical power that we're doing. So... So for optimism, um, oil is here to stay. Um, that is probably no surprise to anyone here on this podcast, but oil is here to stay. And so um, other opportunities to end on a good note is so um, 
I had a customer ask me, well, if we're going to be in a recession in 2024, does that mean that, you know, oil price is going to tank, that, you know, everything's going to go down? Not necessarily. So in 2008, um, when that was another one of those uh, recession points where the, you had the inverted yield curve. Um, we were going gangbusters here um, in the USA for oil and gas. So in 2008, oil was at $140 a barrel and natural gas was hovering between $11 and $12. So that was a really weird time. I remember in 2008 watching the news and looked like the whole world was falling apart. But in Oklahoma and Texas, we were doing great. And so that was a really weird um, time. So not necessarily. And then also on a good note, um, the demand, so even though 2024, all the economists are saying looks like it's going to be down, there is still no better place to be than North America. Uh, the United States is still going to be the world's best economy, and um, everyone is really optimistic and bullish. And so one thing that people got really excited about was reshoring. So as we know, in the last decade, a lot of business went overseas um, for cheap labor, and um, China in particular. Well, after COVID, everyone kind of realized you really want your supply chains to be close to home. You don't want to have, um, you know, a lot of manufacturing done really far away because if there's a problem in the supply chain, you're in big trouble. So there's a lot of business coming back to America, which is going to require a lot of infrastructure, energy, um, oil. And so there's a very good chance that even, even though it's going to be a down year in 2024, um, it could still be strong for our industry. So... Um, and then 2025 through 2029, everyone was really thinking it's going to be a boom year. Um, uh, I mean, like boom year. So, um, so again, so uh, just to close, um, everyone was really kind of, you know, kind of optimistic. So, you know, it does look like that 2024 could be a down year, relatively flattish. Um, currently, right now, that's our prediction as of August 31st. But um, um, it looks like it uh, looks like it could be just the uh, calm before the the boom storm is what we're really hoping to cross our fingers for. So, anyway, well, that is all I have for now. I hope I didn't uh, put anyone to sleep. I'd like to thank everyone for joining me on this solo edition of I don't know about that. Thank you for your time, and I hope everyone has a great long weekend this Labor Day weekend and the start of the college football season.